0: Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. Ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, my next guest is the owner and life coach of a program called Venture, a six-month life coaching program. He helps men become the best version of their whole selves. As a seasoned entrepreneur and business coach, he knows the challenge of chasing something bigger. He shows men how to achieve an integrated life so they can be fully present in their work and their family. Help me in welcoming Chad Brown. Thank you so much, sir, for taking the time
1: to talk with me today. So um, the majority of what I'm doing right now is I run a six-month experience for men that are business owners called Venture. And venture is a focus on getting the business running in a way that a lot of the attention and time that guys are spending worrying, that's, that's the biggest thing I hear from guys is like they're in their business worrying, stressing the time they're spending that doing that, we refocus it to family. So it's for guys who are family minded, want more time and presence with their kids and their wives, but feel like their life is overcome by their business. So we really, we, we when they come in, we take a good chunk of time. We focus right on the business, the business systems, the business relationships, the communication, all of that kind of stuff. And we get all of that humming in a way that allows them to free up some of that mental space to be present with their families.
0: What is your purpose for doing this? What's your, I mean, what's your background that, that made you want to start doing this?
1: That's a, that, that I could, that could be an hour in and of itself, <laughs> okay. but I'll give you the short version and then you can ask any questions if you have it. Um, I started a production business, um, a, a commercial production business. So we were creating content, online content for brands. I started that in 2009, right after the crash, the real estate crash. I was with me and a few investors, we were holding 36 properties and, um, it, I mean, it dropped out overnight. And, um, and so I lost everything. We lost everything, our house, our cars went through bankruptcy and I didn't love real estate. I was just doing it because that's what everybody was doing to make some, to, to get a cash grab. And, um, and so I decided at that point, I was never going to do anything for money, just money. Again, I wanted, I wanted uh, fulfillment. I wanted meaning. And I remembered, I, I loved the film program that I was in, in high school. And so I decided to to pick up a camera again and start filming. And that led to me partnering with uh, a friend that I had in Southern California. We started our company, Shade Tree Films, and it was off to the races from day one. I literally, me, my wife, and our two daughters, one was six months at the time, one was three at the time get loaded up everything we possibly could in a scion xb if you know what that is those little refrigerator cars they don't carry much yeah so everything we could fit with the four of us and our and in that car and we drove to southern california and started shade tree films and with three within three years we were doing work for brands like target uh volkswagen pixar animation studios just really uh just really going after it um we had kind of we were on the forefront in the beginning of the, really the DSLR explosion and evolution or, 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 you know, has it, as it really like took that industry by the, by the, um, by the throat and just made it so accessible. We were right on the front end of that. And the, and the clients that we got to work with were amazing. The problem was, is that we didn't know how to prioritize. We didn't understand how to communicate and create relationships in a way that we could both have a successful film business and the family lives that we wanted. We were both. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: For those that may not know DSLR
1: is what? Uh, It's, it's the smaller, like what you would think is a picture camera. Once, once those cameras became very beautiful video cameras, rather than the big thing you had on your, on your shoulder or on a steady cam, once those really took over, it really opened up that industry because then, um, and the accessibility to it because then you your stabilization could be small, meaning like the things you put it on, like the tripods, the monopods, the steady cams. Now it's this thing called a Ronin, which is just a little gimbal stick, and you can create cinematic looking footage from these so cameras, it
0: kind of remove the barrier to entry for
1: exactly, the world. yes, cool. exactly. Um, So we became somewhat of pioneers in that world, got to start speaking from stages and, you know, at video conferences and all of that kind of stuff. It was just really a a freaking, uh, it was a rocket ship. It was really unbelievable. Um, The problem is, is that um, my partner and I were on the rocket ship and our families were at home.
0: That doesn't last very long. (laughs) Yeah.
1: and so um we in in a series of a few events we were right in between productions and and we were traveling probably uh i did the math at one point but i think that this year that these these things happened we traveled probably 85% of the year it was just from plane to plane to plane to plane and we had a short layover back at home at the studio we were going to go to the studio and reset all of our gear for the next trip And our wives and our kids are coming to the studio to say hi to us, give us hugs, kisses, and say goodbye again for another week. We'd been gone a couple days or a week or whatever. And so that was kind of on my mind. That was really heavy. It's like, man, I know I'm not getting much time with them. I was really missing them. And um, also when we got back to the studio, I went to check our business account and it had been hacked and a whole bunch of money had been stolen out of it. And I know it's not a real big deal. It's insured. It's FDIC Bank, Chase Bank. I mean, they'll, you know, one call, they put that money back in your bank account and they they go do their investigation and you never really hear about it again. But it was like, it was a realization for me that it was like, I'm doing all this work for this money and also some prestige and ego as well. But I'm doing everything. I'm doing all of this stuff for this money that can disappear in a moment's notice. It's gone. And I did all of this at the sacrifice of my family. Was doing all of this at the sacrifice of my family. My marriage. Loved my wife so much. But she was, I mean, she was left to do everything she at is, home. a single mom. Yeah. In her loneliness. And my kids, I mean, miss, I was missing birthdays. I was miss, you named it. I was missing it. And I was telling them it was all for them.
0: Which is what that's, and it, it probably started off, it started off noble and you're doing it to take care of your family. Cause that's the, that's the measure of a man sometimes, unfortunately. That's what you do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it was that night that my partner and I, in that moment, we said, well, this isn't working. Look at what we've created. Uh, if we can figure out how to create something different, meaning a successful film business doing what we love and being with our families and being present with them. In six months, we'll shut the doors, which was a big deal. I mean, we, would, we had worked our asses off for this thing. And we were committed to it, no matter what. And, uh, and so we made that commitment. And it wasn't even a couple days later until this, this um, designer that we'd partnered with said, hey, I've got a friend who helps business owners. We'd kind of put the feelers out to our to our network. Hey, we're looking for somebody to help us organize our business. We thought all we needed was somebody to come in and like help us, you know, uh, get the right employees in place and make our calendar function right. You know, all of the logistical business stuff. That's what we thought was needed. So um, the designer we had partnered up with reached out to us and said, "Hey, I've got this guy. He's a business coach, and uh, he's really great. You should talk to him." and we talked to him and uh for an hour and i knew right away we needed to work with him so we contracted with him and we went to work and i'll tell you what i had no idea what was coming my way <laughs> i was floored it was the hardest work it was the deepest work that i have ever done in my life about realizing what who i am um why I do things, why I had set my business up the way I had, how much of my decisions were being made out of ego and what I got out of it and how I got to be seen rather than what was most effective and what, went, what would help me be most present with my family. And uh, it just turned everything around. And we were able to reduce the amount of time we were traveling, reduce the amount of time we were spending on the business and in the business, increase, I was able to increase my presence with my wife. My, my marriage got so <laughs> much better. My presence with my kids got so, I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means. It's still a practice for me to this day, but man, it changed everything for me. And I owed everything to him. I, I mean, it was just incredible what this man had helped me do in my life. And, um, and so we, continued to grow the business. And um, about three or four years later, uh, we successfully did, uh, I bought my partner out amicably of of the business. It just wasn't working for him anymore, but mutually wasn't working. He wanted to go do some other things. And so I bought him out of the film business and um, decided simultaneously that I wanted to work with Adrian, who was the business coach that we hired. So I started understudying with him because I wanted to do for, for other men, and other people, what he had helped us do. Right. Um, and so that's how, that's the, I guess that's not that short of a version, but that's how I got into the work that I do now that I've been doing for about five years.
0: If I didn't want the short version anyway. <laughs> the long version is why we're here.
1: <laughs> why? That's the beauty of podcasts, right?
0: Yeah. So you're into this now, you said how many, four years? Five years. Five years. Yep. Were you... So Drew Renner, you were, was he? That's right. Yeah. He was the your partner at some point. You guys were doing this together when I first came in contact with you guys. I don't even remember how.
1: Yeah. In fact, interestingly enough, Drew was my partner in the film business as well. Okay, yeah. That's right. I think I knew that. Yeah. Right. And so um, he, uh, we were doing a trip, we were doing, so independent of my coaching, my business coaching, we were doing a trip called Epic Man Trips. Yeah. Um, which no longer exists, but it's now been folded into what I call venture. Okay. So tell me about, tell me how that works. Like,
0: do you have all sorts of different trips or act, whatever the things you do that you offer or is, or just kind of one thing. Are you guys a one trick pony?
1: way? It's definitely my specialty. Yeah. And I'm partnered up with a wellness coach as well. So he works with the physicality, um, working out diet, um, habits, all of that kind of stuff. So that it's really a holistic experience for men. So um, most men that come into venture, they have been successful in business. It's growing. It's, got a, it's gotten away from them. Um, so they're, they feel like they're torn between this experience, just like I was, of business is awesome. It's successful. And that comes at the cost of my family. And, um, and so we threw one-to-one coaching for four months and also group coaching. So all the men are in a group together. We meet together twice a month where we give each other feedback. Uh, we celebrate each other's wins. We hold each other accountable to the habits that we say that we're, we're committed to, um, and, and all of that. And then also there's a challenge trip. So there's a four day trip where we get together and it's all challenge based. So from the from the moment they step off the airplane, it's a challenge and it's guided by both me and Taylor, my partner in the experience and through that we we have com- meaningful conversations um and we really make discoveries about how it is that we show up when challenges arise. Because I can't remember who said it but I love the quote, I think it was Adam Grant that said business is just challenges. It's just a series of challenges. That's it. So if you're not ready to like take on challenges, probably not a business owner or shouldn't be. <laughs> um, and so we set up these artificial challenges in order to like observe the machinery that happens when we're faced with something that's challenging.
0: What does that look like? You say when I get off the plane, it starts there. Tell me, walk me through what this looks like. for Someone who well, would, you know enter your program.
1: Yeah, so I can't give much away about the challenge trip because even the guys who are in venture but haven't been on the trip yet don't know much about it. Tell me um, what you can tell me. Okay, great. <laughs> so uh, when they jump in, they have to be in venture, meaning the one-to-one coaching with me and Taylor. And the group coaching, they have to be in there for at least three months before they qualify for the trip. Okay. So we're getting really down to the grass. I, I already kind of set that up, what we're working on together. Um, but that looks like three one to one calls with me every month, two group calls, and we're really making headway in their business, and, which then allows them to go and make a lot of headway in their marriages and in their fatherhood. And then they come to the trip, we're there together for four days. They get instructions, very vague instructions of where to meet, and that's about it, and a packing list, and that's about it. And the rest of the four days is guided, um, and uh, and each man gets to have their experience in it, and nothing is wrong. It's just your experience. So we invite people, we invite these guys to do things. If it's not for them, that's all right. No problem. Um, and if they struggle in it, great. We'll de- We'll unpack that find out what's going on um and uh and men just come away from this thing talking about it like it's the best week of their lives
0: so it's like the amazing race
1: almost similar yeah
0: where you just like mm, figure it out if you yeah. want to win, <laughs> <laughs> which is good that's good because challenges you know sometimes are hard and we don't want those and they're uncomfortable and but they're so necessary
1: yeah for you know it's you say that it's it's so interesting. One of the one of the philosophies that I love is it's very it's a very stoic philosophy, which is this idea that most of us spend most of our lives trying to figure out how we could make our lives more comfortable. And yeah, that's my okay. <laughs> my challenge is how do we make our lives more uncomfortable? But
0: being because, comfortable with that,
1: yes, because I believe it's in the discomfort that meaning happens. And growth. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so risk is a big part of what we do. That's one thing that I preach from the mountaintops is risk, risk, risk. All of these men, uh, all of these men, sorry, let me clean up my language. A lot of men that I talk to tell me something to the effect of, I just feel dead inside. Now, these are men typically in their mid to late 30s. They have a good career or they, you know, they've built a a successful business. They have a beautiful wife. They have a couple kids. They have the nice Tesla, you know, all of that stuff. And they're sitting there on the phone telling me I feel dead inside. And what I know from from the outside perspective, you would think you got it all, bro. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So it's this phenomenon. And what I have found, what I believe, and I don't, I don't expect anybody to believe what I'm saying here. And It's like everything I say, I ask people to consider like a question. Like, I wonder if that's true. And if it were, what would it mean for me, right? I believe that most of these men feel dead inside because they stopped taking risks. Yeah, that's. I think that's a valid point. Very. Valid you think, point. think about, you know, everybody talks about the, their high school and their college years being their glory days. Just dumb. <laughs> well, maybe. No, nah, it's dumb. I'm the, the, sorry. <laughs> the thing I see is, is risk after risk after risk after risk. You're making decisions, one, one big decision after another, right? Where am I going to go to school? Who am I going to date? Am I going to marry them? And what degree am I going to get? What field am I going to go into? How much money am I going to make? Are we going to have kids? All of these decisions require risk right as you can see my sign behind me everything in life that matters requires risk and then some of that starts to settle down we we decided we're not having any more kids we got the big house we got the cars i'm pretty secure in my in my uh career uh i can kind of i mean like me and my wife kind of like have it worked out i mean a lot of it's roommatey but you know whatever um and and the risk is gone and there's no longer that that um that calling to decide that's what risk is it's like a calling to decide to make a decision and when you think about the word decide it's just like homicide not just like but the ending right so homicide the, you have to kill something to decide. You have to kill all the options that are out there in order to decide this one thing, and that's a risk. So, really, the entire experience of venture is built to invite men into risk after risk after risk.
0: Yeah, you to keep pushing. Yeah, that's a that's a mindset shift for sure because we're so conditioned to get to the next level and settle i, mean, I think my wife said one time when is life going to get easy <laughs> easier or something like that and i said well i don't think it is i think this challenge is going to prepare this challenge is preparing us for the next one and had not we had we not gone through this challenge the next one might have killed us
1: yeah
0: it was fancy words i don't live by that like i should probably oh but, sure uh that makes total sense you know, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable because you stretch and you grow and you learn and and I've gotten really comfortable in the last few
1: years. There's an interesting yep. there's an interesting phenomenon that happens in in venture that I've observed that is pretty. I mean, I would say the majority of the guys experience this. They jump in and they're excited, and for the first month, maybe the first six weeks, they're killing it. They're hitting every goal. They're you know they're staying on top of their habit tracker. They're doing all of these things. And then at some point, four weeks, six weeks, somewhere around there, it gets really difficult for them, like really difficult just in like, I don't know if I can keep this up. I don't know, you know, all of these thoughts of like, maybe this is not for me, all of this kind of thing. And my, my encouragement to them or my comment to them is, yeah, of course it's hard. Welcome to life. They know now. that these guys, these are guys that know that,
0: but have for maybe forgotten or gotten comfortable, maybe with knowing that's that. right.
1: That's right. And, and it's just so interesting that they claim it's hard as if that means it's wrong, but I say, if it's hard, it's probably right.
0: And probably worth it, which we've heard that phrase so often, if it's worth, right. it's, worth it's worth working for and work. Yeah.
1: That's right on. You know, it's, it's one of the things that I talk about a lot is do when you have a, t- a list of tasks to do in the day, find the one that seems the most difficult and do that first.
0: Isn't that, uh, hang
1: on. That philosophy right there. Oh yeah. Eat the frog. We call it hugging the cactus, but it's the That's same your, exact yeah. idea. Yeah. How is that book?
0: It's okay. Um, it's a, it's a good philosophy. As a recovering graphic designer, I think the covers trash atrocious, but yeah. So I can't, I, I have a hard time getting past that. (laughs) I'll just rip the cover off covers um, matter. People covers matter to your books. They do matter. They do matter. And it's stupid, but what about, I'm going to try to, you know, you know, who John Stossel is no, he's. I mean, the name's not familiar. He's a, he's a, um, commentator that used to be on 2020 ABC's 2020 he's been around for like ever okay he's a very good you know devil's advocate kind of guy it's like what about someone who said god isn't that isn't it just you can't you know isn't that enough can you just chill out and just be okay with what you've got I mean why do you got to keep pushing for more
1: it's a good question if you have what you want don't push for more that's my philosophy I'm not I'm not here to tell anybody that they need more Um, even the idea of more is, is not really an an idea that jives with me, um, unless it's more that you want. So when, when guys reach out to me, one of the first things, and they decide to jump into venture, one of the first things that I tell them is, Hey man, I'm going to get ridiculously committed to what you say you want, probably more committed than you are. And if what you say you want changes, or if what you want changes, and I I use what you say you want on purpose, and and we can get into that for uh, if you want to. But I only am interested in having conversations about what guys want, not what I think, not what they think I want for them. I don't have an agenda my agenda is to hear you and what you say you want. So the only people that I'm really having conversations with are noticing a void in their life. Right. They're noticing, they're noticing they're missing something, or at least they think they're missing something. And so they naturally want more. They naturally want to discover. And my process is a, is a process of questions, not answers, not advice, I don't give anybody advice. I think advice is is damaging. Um, if I were to tell you what to do, uh, then I'm giving you advice. I'm like I'm I'm telling you what to do from my perspective, my experience, my fears, my joys, like all of that stuff. That's all mine, uniquely mine. And so, whatever I need to, or whatever I would say to do, is what I should do, not what you should do. So the process is not telling you what to do, not giving you advice, but asking you questions that help you discover what it is that you want, to, what you you need to do in order to get what you say you want.
0: I hired a coach years ago, and he was kind of a sham. So I have a little bitter taste of of coaching from that experience only. I basically realized, like, you're not giving me anything I don't already have. You're just Mm -hmm. helping me see that it's there. Yeah, I'm like, why the hell can't I figure that out on my own? Why do I got to pay you to do that? You know, do you get anyone asking questions like
1: that? Do I get people asking questions? Yeah, absolutely. And I, listen, I think everybody should have a healthy skepticism towards anybody that calls them a coach, calls themselves a coach.
0: Because there's been so many shams, but there are some good ones, I'm sure. But yes.
1: Yes. And it really comes in my opinion, again, don't believe me, but just yeah. consider it like a question, right? In my opinion, what makes a coach a coach is somebody who can remove themselves and create a line of questioning that allows you to see your blind spots. We all have them. Yeah. There's no escaping your blind spots. Yeah. Aptly named because we don't see them. Exactly. And you you said that in in your setup for the question, which I thought was so such a great way to set it up was like, what do I need you for? Well, the guys that come to me and the, the, that, the experience they have in venture that changes their life is that they see things that were always there, always there, but they couldn't see them because nobody was willing to take a risk with them enough to say, well, Hey, wait a minute. You say you want this, but you do this. That doesn't make sense. Right. We mostly don't, most of us don't have anybody, even our spouses, we don't have in our lives, somebody who is willing to take that risk because it is risky. You don't know where that person's going to go. That's another thing I tell all the guys in, in, um, in our introductory call is that I'm going to take risks with you. Like they, they feel like risks for myself. I'm like nervous. When I'm asking these oh, questions. Yeah, so you're nervous. What are you nervous about? I, I'm nervous. They might go sideways. I don't know what direction they're going to go. Right. They might tell me to F off and, and, you know, leave forever, which it right. would be their choice, you know, or whatever. But it, I'm, like I said, I'm so ridiculously committed to what it is they say they want. I have no choice, but to point those things out yeah. and to ask those questions. And that's what I'm committed to. And so it's not that I have anything that I can give to people. Everything is already on the table. That's what I always say. All our resources, all the ideas, all the money, all the relationships, they're all already on the table available to us. But we don't see them. Why do you think that is? Uh, Because we have a set of concerns and we have a set of experiences and beliefs. I say that you know behavior, the only thing that drives behavior, the only thing that drives behavior, is belief. I believe that hundred percent, you don't have to believe me, but I don't think anybody acts on anything unless they have a belief that drives that behavior or that act. So if they say they want something, but they're not willing to do what it takes to get there, I don't care that they're not doing it. I want to know what they believe that's keeping them from doing it. So we examine the beliefs, we get clear on the beliefs, and it's, it's just a really fun experience. I think it's fun. <laughs> it's, it, can be gru- it's, it can be grueling at times, but it, what an experience to explore ourselves in a way that we've never been willing to do before. And the thing, about, the thing that I wanted to point out about everything being on the table, and, and we just have to be able to see it, is that once we're willing to question what we've believed, then resources show up this shows up all the time with money and with enrollment, right? So if you have a business and you you're, you're in real estate, right? Yeah. You're an agent. So are you actively going out and getting clients? Sometimes. Because you run, forgive me if I'm wrong, you're in an open house sort of situation, right? Where a lot of clients are coming into you. I work for a builder.
0: Okay, great. Mm Okay,
1: great. So, um, a lot of the guys that I'm working with, they are. their business thrives on them going and asking people to buy something from them, right? right? And so many business owners have such a difficult time with that invitation. Now, we know to have a successful business, you have to be able to do that. So why aren't you doing it if you're not, right? That's, right. that's my question to them. What do you believe? that is preventing you from going and asking people to buy your thing or your service. And once we can tap into that belief, so many resources open up, right? When I first start meeting with somebody who's in this position, they'll say, oh, I don't know anybody. Um, my network's completely worked, whatever all that crap means. I don't really worked. Work. Yeah. yeah. It's an overworked network, blah, blah, blah. I don't. I don't subscribe to any of that language because it's it's transactional, not relational, but you get the point. That's the language that comes out from these guys. And as soon as we address the belief that is blocking them from at making that ask or that invitation, all these resources start opening up. All of a sudden, there's so many people in their network who are looking for a real estate agent. And yeah. there's so many places to go like, Interact with a business owner that works with homeowners. And and you know, it just it, it's the same way in business, it's the same way in marriage, it's the same way in fatherhood, same way in hobbies. We find what we're looking for. We find what we're looking for. I believe that. And if it's scarcity that we're looking for, if it's or that we're paying attention to rather, looking for is not the best, but if it's scarcity that we're paying attention to, resources disappear and we're blind to them.
0: That is absolute truth. I, and I'll speak for my own example. Uh, up until three and a half years ago, when I started real estate, I was just existing. I had a career. I did college, got my degree in graphic design, and I was doing that for 20 years and just existing with it because that's what I was taught to do. You just get a job, you go to school, get a job. And I was dying and numb for so long. Uh, my wife and I had our own business together and we lost that in like 2010. And then I was just prostituting my freelance services, you know, as I called it, and just doing yeah. whatever I could just to make it by. And when I just had it, I had got got to the bottom basically. And I said, like, I can't do this anymore. I can't just live and exist. Someone said, well, maybe do, go into real estate, do sales. And my first instinct was, hell no. I don't want any part of that world because we've all had that experience with that guy who's yep. pushy and shmarmy and gross. And you're like, I don't want any part of that. And so I was like, I can never do that because that's how it has to be. That was my belief. Yep. And even my wife said, oh, you, you're probably going to have to be a little cutthroat. And and, and I've and I realized that no, don't have to be. I can be, yeah. me, I can be helpful, genuine, caring. And it's amazing what you know, resources have come and how it's grown just because I changed my limited mental zip code it was telling me oh, you can't do that
1: how did you change it how did you change your mindset from if from sales is gross grimy pushy you know their their best interest in mind not not like the salesman's best interest to oh it can be serving it can be helpful it can be authentic i i was i came to this builder that i work for
0: and i knew uh one of the owners i knew him i was working for his dad actually doing some temporary construction work and i said hey i can't work for your dad anymore because he's i'm gonna you know it's just not working out it was like i was having daddy issues because he's just like my dad (laughs) and he and i said do you have a, a construction job and he just looked at me and says, you are good with people. Why don't you just go get your license? And I just had this, aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why don't I do that? Why don't I try that? Mm. Just because somebody believed in me and saw more in me than I could see in myself. And I knew I was good with people. Uh, I've yeah. been in My whole life and I always have been, but to apply that to this, and I said, let's give it a shot. I got nothing to lose except working for someone else the rest of my life. So I tried it and it's worked out well. And you know, I'm still growing and, And, um, pushing myself where I I never did before. I just, when things got hard, I just, "Eh, that's too hard. I don't want to do that. And I gave up and Mm -hmm. I didn't push and I was always just doing it by myself. And I didn't have a lot of counsel from parents or, you know, I was just kind of on my own.
1: Yeah. So
0: now I see, now that I've stepped out of that mentality, I see so many people that are just drowning. Everyone's drowning and they don't know that everyone's drowning because we're all drowning. That's right. I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. That's just right. That, that's the horrible way to live.
1: The fish doesn't see water. No, at all. The, the thing that I loved about what you, the story you just shared, and thank you for sharing that with me. I turned the tables on you and asked you a question. All right. <laughs> that's how these the work. Thing, the thing that I love about that is that the impetus was a powerful question. Why don't you? And what I got from that is like. What do you have to lose, Brian? That's a powerful question that we often don't think to ask ourselves. We build things up, we build them up, and we build them up in like this way that's like, oh, I could never do that. I would never, whatever, blah, blah, blah. All this could, all these horrible things could happen. People might think I'm horrible or pushy or grimy or I might fail and all of that kind of stuff. And we don't typically stop to ask ourselves really powerful questions like, what do you got to lose, man? Yeah, why don't you?
0: Well, you, you, as you were saying that, I hear people say, you know, because I started doing this morning routine and trying to get up at five and five thirty, and been struggling with it, but I still try. And people are like, "Oh, I can never do that. I'm, I'm not a morning person." I'm like, <laughs> no, that's because you've decided not to be. I'm not a morning person either, man. But what does that even mean? Right. right. Be one if you want to be one. Be one. Make yourself one. Do right. it. You know, we, if
1: we, you want a, it, if you want it. If you don't, no problem. Yeah. Not yeah. everybody needs to be a morning person. Yeah. yeah. No, the mental
0: zip code. I heard that from Grant Cardone. You know, Grant Cardone? Yeah. He bought the mental zip code and that stuck with me. That was probably one of the books that, you know, his, his Be Obsessed or Be Average book was really what a turning point prior to this. I'm like, I've been average. That is me. I have been mm. average, just existing and floating. And it's like, why not?
1: Yeah. Good for you, man. And just, That's... just
0: not, and not to have stuff. I don't care about stuff. Uh, I want choices. Yep. Which it, freedom, freedom and choices. That's right. Because uh, my goals don't surround stuff. I man, I don't care. My son's like, Dad, you should get a nicer truck. I'm like, Why? I don't want a nice. I, my truck's fine. Son, he's got. I said, You better go to college, bro, or do something. <laughs> you got expensive taste. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So well, taste can change too he
0: has uh, is the champagne, appetite in this zero budget, not even mm-hmm. a pure budget. So 2008
1: in, in 2007, 2008, the beginning of my real estate short-lived, uh, horrific, nightmarish real estate career. Um, it was all about the money, man. I was all about the money. I wanted the cars. I wanted the big house. I wanted people to think I was successful. Um, and, uh, and obviously that backfired horrifically, uh, in a way also served me deeply now that I'm here because I'm the same way. Material things just don't motivate me, yeah. um, nor do I need them. If yeah. I've got something that I like and that is working well, that's awesome. I count yeah. myself grateful and lucky.
0: Yeah. I think I bought myself a a nice mountain bike, you know, and a fancy microphone to do my little (laughs) set of those to do this, but that's about
1: it. I love it. Something you said, and I can't remember what you said, but it reminded me this, this idea, this philosophy that we talk about a lot that I talk about a lot in my work is that in the natural state, our, our, our minds have two goals. The first goal is to stay alive. Keep the spacesuit alive. Yeah. The second goal is to preserve energy to keep the spacesuit alive. Because we never know when we're going to need that energy to run from a tiger or to swim up river. You know, all of this ancient, ancient code that is written into our bones tells us that everything depends on us both staying alive and preserving energy to stay alive. And that's why we stop taking risks. That's why we stop doing things that require us to expend mass amounts of energy. And now we don't really need that anymore at the moment. (laughs) Things are getting crazy, but at the moment, we don't need that. That's old software. And so part of the work that I do is just giving men permission To expend energy again. Expend the energy having the deep and meaningful and difficult conversation with your wife. You're not going to die. Yeah. Expend the energy to sit down on the floor and throw your phone into the bedroom, sit down on the floor and play Legos. Expend the energy. Expend the energy. It's not, you don't need it anymore for survival.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. What? about this that you're doing would you want to share someone that i maybe haven't asked or maybe i haven't we can wrap it up (laughs)
1: the um the thing that i want to share with the world with men in, in particular you know i just i just did a job in dallas over the new year and um travel over the holidays is always interesting but I was I was noticing particularly a lot of family travel. And one thing that I noticed in more than in more than 10 incidents was this, and, and it listen, I'm just seeing a moment in people's lives and I'm not judging. But seeing men with their nose buried in their phone at the airport while their wife chases their children around the airport and does everything. And it was so, it it was, I saw it so much. It was so impressive to me. And no, listen, no judgment to any men who are listening to this, if this is you, but I want you to know that you're distracting yourself. You're distracting yourself from what's most meaningful and it will cost you energy to engage in it. I understand that. It costs you a lot of energy to engage in it. One thing that we, that we focus a lot on in venture is our legacy. What do we want our legacy to be? In fact, there's a really cool experience that we do on the fourth day on the trip that just really drives us home. I can't say much about it because I don't want to ruin it for anybody that wants to come. But the fourth day is all about legacy. What do we want to create? What do we want to leave? And We I don't know any man who would be proud of laying on the deathbed and saying, Well, I beat all those games on my phone. And I understand, I I totally get it. And I I I can't, I just need to be so sincere. I want to, I hope the sincerity comes through. There's no judgment for me at all, but just a wake-up call that you're missing it. All we have is now, literally this moment. I know you hear that everywhere and it's almost become a cliche, but it is. It doesn't mean it's not wrong. True. Yeah. What's that?
0: It doesn't mean it's not wrong.
1: Doesn't mean it's not wrong. And the more moments that you can be present in, not stressing about the past and not worrying about the future, but the moments you can be here now, you will connect. That's where legacy is made. It's not in the next big business deal that you're going to do. It's not in the big house you're going to buy. It's not in the cars you're going to buy. It's not in the vacations that you're going to take if you're distracted. It's right now. You don't need money. You don't need career. You don't need success. You just need presence.
0: Which is almost a new concept because we're so distracted. So distracted. That's the greatest, you know, the sin of busyness. That's right. You know, yeah, you someone, how they're doing. Man, I'm so busy. I'm like, man, what? For what? Because that's not a badge of honor anymore.
1: That's right. I recently made the decision to go off all social media.
0: Yes, that's oh, I'm
1: glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk to
0: you about that too and see how that's going to work.
1: Yeah, I don't know how
0: I, I would. I love the social media. I love talking with a podcast, of course. I mean, I love to share it. Amen. That would be hard. Yes. I don't know if I could do that. I mean, I could, it can as a question of ability, but would I, so tell me about that.
1: Would you want to, that's the question yeah. I'm interested. Would you they want know. to
0: know? Right. Maybe different.
1: Right. And that's what, you know, that this is, this decision has opened up so many conversations. I have a decent following on Instagram um, and have been there active there for many years. Same thing with Facebook And, um, and so this is, this is the one beautiful thing that has come out of this is like all of the conversations that it has opened up has been really enriching for me, both from skeptics and from people cheering me on. And, and it's been a really great opportunity for me to take a look at my blind spots and, and take the feedback from people from all sides to, to hear out their, their case for, how social media works or doesn't work in their life. And that's been really cool. I've grown my coaching business completely off social media. So to make this decision is not a small decision, but here's what I've noticed. My invitation to men is to create their life by design and if you're creating something, it's like having a, it's like building a custom home. Most people that build a custom home, if they're paying a good amount of money to have that, that custom home built, they want it built their way. Like what's going to be most comfortable, what's going to be home, what's going to be convenient, what's, you know all of those sort of things, what's going to, you know all, whatever. Whatever they're considering, they're building it custom. I'm inviting men that own businesses, to do the same thing with their life, to stop living by default, doing the things that people tell you you have to do in order to do this. Yet, there's areas in my life that I'm not subscribing to that. And I'm starting to notice more and more. And I'm knocking them out as I have the, as I have the courage to. And this was one of those. That social media just has not been working for me for years, as far as my presence with my family goes, and who and how I show up there. So there's a million things I could do, right? I could change the way I interact with it. I could change the way I present on it. I could do a million other things. But for me, stepping away felt like the right choice. That felt like the choice by design. Everything else felt like a compromise. And so uh, I'm no longer in that area of my life. I'm no longer willing to compromise. And I don't know how I'm going to do it. I have a plan. Don't get me wrong. I have a very detailed plan, but it's all going to be new. And um, I'm excited about the newness. I'm scared about the newness, uh, but I'm going to figure it out no matter what. It's uncomfortable. Yeah.
0: Super uncomfortable. Very good. Well, that's your whole thing. You're, you're, you're preaching to, no, you know, you're, what do they call it? Preach to the choir doing what you yeah. Do. yeah. You're now the choir.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to take a little bit of my own medicine. How's it taste? It's, 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 uh, it's, e- it's everything right now. And I mean, it's Beer? really sweet right now. Yeah. It's, it's also bitter. Um, you know, one of the things that I love about social media is watching my friends do life. Um, but a lot of times I'm watching my friends do life while my kids are just on the other side of my phone.
0: Yeah. Cause we're in, we're in the, I was telling my kids, you know, we were, they came for, you know, for Christmas and we're all, you know, sitting around the table, hang on, let me get my prop here. And we're all doing this. I'm like, well, at least we're all ignoring each other in the same room. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, if I didn't need to re- reach out to you, you're just right there.
1: That's right. But We can all text while we're sitting around the table. Oh, it's funny. It's funny. And these, and I love,
0: I love these things because I have a voice and I want to share it. Yep. But at the same time, man, it's a, it's a balancing. That is a challenge.
1: Yep. So I'm, I'm just finding new ways to share my voice. I'm not shutting up. Um, and it's by my rules. Right. And so yeah. um, YouTube Will still be in my quiver. I understand a lot of people that they they've, people have made it very clear that they think that's social media. Okay, that's fine, whatever. Yeah. Um. But uh, it works for me. It doesn't consume me. I'm not. I don't browse and scroll on YouTube. Awesome. So um, doesn't. Yeah. You know.
0: I tell my kids because I you know they're all pretty addicted to their social media. I said, hey, why don't you guys um. Instead of consuming other people's crap, why don't you create your own crap? Mm-hmm. At least at least going it, produce your own thing. Put that out there. Because I mean, yeah, I've got I get into this, and now they have these reels and all these things that hook you in. And I find myself, and I'm pretty proud of being resistant to that. But I'm like, I'll be sitting on the toilet. Be fair. Everyone uses their phone on the toilet. Yeah. 20, 30 minutes till my legs go numb. Scroll through other people's 30 seconds of garbage. And it's uh-huh. so addicting. And so it's entertaining when I walk away from that. It's just gross. I feel gross. Like I have just wasted 20 minutes that I'll never get back.
1: That's right. Blech. It's the ick. And it's wasted because of what you say you want in your life. Yeah. That's what I always bring it back to that. I'm not telling anybody not to consume social media. I think, there's, I think there's some serious problems with it, especially for our country and our country's safety. But that's besides the point. I'm not telling anybody not to consume social media. I'm telling you to do what's hard for what you say you want. Yeah. So I'm finding other ways to do it. Like I created this text list, which has just been so awesome because people who want to follow me, get a text from me twice a month and then they reply to me and we have a conversation.
0: Yeah and it's direct and you don't have yes. to sift through all the distractions and the it's like going th- okay. Social media is like going to the gift shop at the end of the ride at Disneyland. You can't just get off you gotta
1: go through the and have all these things shouting at you. Well, That's hey, right.
0: Yes look at this look at this
1: yeah they've engineered it I mean we all know this oh, yeah. now but they've engineered it to be addictive right even the delay in the notifications on instagram the slight delay after you open the app is created by behavioral scientists and psychologists to be addicting it's just like the delay when you when you push the button on the slot machine yeah it's crazy (laughs) crazy this world we have it really is. So it just wasn't serving me, and so I, I'm determined. And the other thing is, I'm going to share a lot about my journey because um, I know I hear a lot from other business owners. It's just like, is this the only way? And uh, I, I'm sure it's not. Yeah, but it's a way. It is absolutely. Well, I'm excited to see how
0: this works out for you. And and I'm how do I sign up for your your texting? I'll I'll listen.
1: Yeah, though I'd love to have you. You can just text the word risk to 844 479 0134.
0: Is that the only way? Yeah, what what other ways can people reach you if they're if they want to at the very least follow you but at the very at the most hop on board with your program?
1: You can check out my my website chadlbrown.com. On there, I will be writing articles, posting videos, all kinds of content there. So if you want to go get some good, meaningful content on purpose, go there. Consume one thing, tell me how you liked it, and then go live your life.
0: That's awesome. I like that's exciting, man. I'm glad. I'm glad uh, you you put out that call to you know to talk about this. I think you put a call out to podcasters or something to 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 share this. So I'm glad you did. That was uh it's been a treat.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for having yeah. me. It's my pleasure. My, my honor.
0: Well, I, I hope it helps. You know, I, I don't have a massive following, but you never know, you know, another set of ears. You never know who, who they know and how that, you know, you know, how it all works.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If anybody's interested in talking to me, email me, text yeah. that number. You can literally text me back on that number. I get it right to my phone.
0: Everyone does. And texting is everyone. That's everyone right. Everyone is their phone.
1: That's right. I want to hear from everybody. I want to hear from anybody who wants to be connected to me on purpose, not in an endless scroll.
0: Sweet, man. Well, thank you so much for sharing
1: all of that. Looking forward to seeing your progress. Thanks, Brian. It was fun.
0: Thank you again for listening to the Parish the Thought Show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com slash feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. You're still here? Click on the next episode for more from the Paris to Thought Show.